right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Lang Up podcast. It is official. It is member guest week at the concession. The big week is finally here. We've gotten through the little hit and giggle at the WGC Workday Championship at the concession brought to you by... Grubo Salinas. That's TC. Uh, helping out Mexico's image before the world. Sustainable business, inclusive In- business model. Yeah, inclusive um, uh, shared prosperity. That's right. That's right. Uh, Neil is here. Hello, Sally. DJ and Randy are not here. They are still down at the LPGA event that, that uh, they were at this past week. Um, a lot of content to come from that. We'll talk a little bit about LPGA. We'll talk a little bit about, a lot of bit, I have a feeling, about the WGC at concession. We'll talk a little Puerto Rico. Speaking of Puerto Rico, Brandon Grace got his second PGA Tour win, sporting a new epic speed driver. He hit 13 to 14 fairways on Sunday. Full set of Jaws MD5 wedges one of which he used to hole out for Eagle to take the lead on the 17th hole. Uh, also rolling a brand new Odyssey two-ball 10-putter, the same putter as John Rahm, most played Odyssey model on tour since it launched a few weeks ago. That thing is moving very quickly. He, he flashed was, on eight, 17 and 18 from the bunker. TC and I watched the end. It was... Uh, he was nails down the stretch. It was uh, tough seeing Grayson Murray fall apart there at the end, but <laughs> hate seeing that seeing that snap hook. Well, it was. I mean, hats off to Grace. He's just an old dog showing the young bucks what's up. You know, he feels like a guy. You're like, oh man, he's not a WGC, huh? He's I, he's back, baby. I, I get uncomfortable watching him putt, and I actually felt comfortable over that final putt. I was like, <laughs> you know, he, like he's gonna make this. He's gonna. Well, it's smart of him to win Puerto Rico now because the curse has been lifted by Victor Hovland. Who we're gonna we're gonna touch on as well. He, he's the first one to win a, another event after winning Puerto Rico. Oh, so so it's not winning before. It, it's I, after. Okay, it's only after. Yeah, I thought it was just guys that had Their only first won win. there, and that's it. Well, I think it's yeah. Once you win there, you've never won a subsequent okay. event. But Hovland broke the curse. Okay. So, um, I think we should probably start today's episode, tonight's episode, uh, on the not so cheery note. Um, Tiger. This of course happened five days ago. It feels like a month ago now, but. Uh, this is not news to anyone. Tiger Woods was in a, uh, I would safe to say life-threatening car accident on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, severe damage to his legs. I have a lot of problem. I have, I have trouble kind of talking about this because almost everything I want to say would probably be speculation and I don't want to speculate. And I hate the tweets that start with, I don't want to speculate, but blah, blah, blah. What, what, what do you guys have to say about what has happened this week with Tiger that hasn't been said, or even if it hasn't, if it already has, what, what? I don't have a lot to say. I'm just glad he's alive. Yeah. Straight I mean, up. As a human. Yeah. I mean, you know, like who gives a shit about the golf and all that? If, you know, any golf from him, even pre-accident, felt like a a bonus. So, you know, the fact that he's able to just be there for his kids and stuff, like that's, you know, that's what matters. Yeah, I think Tuesday, it, it's one, one of those few moments where I just kind of like couldn't work anymore. Yeah. I was just like, oh, man, it just kind of hijacked – my day, even though it's like, what's, well, you know, it's not nothing I can do about it. Or there's, and there's also no, like, what are you just continuing to scroll for? No one has any information, right? Like, what are you looking for, Neil? Like, what are you doing? So it's just looking for the reassurance that like, yo, he's not going to die. Yeah. Once you have that and once you know, he's not paralyzed or he's not going to get one of his legs amputated. Then at that point, you're kind of like, all right. Which we still don't technically know. I think, I mean, to this point, there's not been amputation, but like, it sounds like it was or is a serious threat of that. And I, I would, 
at some point they're going to reassure us that that's not the case. But going back in for another procedure later this later this week, you know, there was some speculation online that that was to clean out infection. It, it, it's it, really bad. It reminds me. I watched an E60 on Alex Smith. It reminds me a lot of like his injury on the football field, and then like the, all the work and like all the infection stuff he went through. You know, you just hope that that doesn't happen with Tiger. But um, at least there's a uh, an example of somebody that has you know had their leg reconstructed, had the infection stuff, and come back to perform at a high level. Yeah, and get tackled. Yeah, exactly. Like hold up to it, right? So I don't know. But it's also I come back to like you know Tiger is like maybe the most private person like on the planet. So yeah, like I don't really want to speculate. Like clearly he he's you know they they want to tell you as much as as they they've told us, right? So both of his statements that were made were obviously made by his representation and they both included the word privacy. Like thank you for yeah. your privacy. And but I also he doesn't like, get that. He doesn't get no, any of that. He never will. It. But it it just makes me I don't know. Some of, I hate to like get worked up about the wrong things about it, but just seeing people like speculating about him winning again and and all the kind of faux tributes that were out there. We'll talk a little bit about the red and black stuff with yeah. when we get to Max. That kind of bothers me a little bit, but I I think people's most for the most part people's hearts are in the right place, but at the same time it just seems like clout chasing, and I just I didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, just it felt very. Um... I guess people are going to show support the way that they yeah. feel comfortable showing support, even if it's not the way that I would or we would. Sure, you know? that's fair. That's very fair. So, I do. Like, it was funny, like the, the number of ER surgeons, trauma doctors, uh, orthopedists that reach out and said, "Like, yo, man, I can walk you through exactly what's going on here. I've never, I haven't seen his X-rays or anything, but I can walk you exactly through what's going on with his, you know, with the ankle." both these fractures, you know, all the, and I'm like, yeah, man, like there's like 50 of you that have reached out with the same thing. It's like the jocks of, uh, the jocks of doctors yeah. are like the orthopedists, right? <laughs> the weight room guys, you know, like, yo, let me like, like going through the lifting, you know, techniques and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I, let me ask you guys this. Do you think, and I haven't read much on it the last few days. Do you think any more insight comes out on a cause of the crash? Sure, Sounds hope like it so. was a dangerous ass road. I mean, that's... yeah, I, the part that, and again, I don't know what information to take in as as truth and and what not to is the part that was noted that there was no signs of breaking at any point, which concerns me. I, I don't yeah. know what that means, and again, any further would be speculating. But if that's part of the report from the crash, and uh, I hope I'm reporting that right, that just concerns me. And um, it almost like looking at it though, it almost seemed like there was a. He hit the that median, and then at that point, the car is kind of off of its yeah. axis, or you know, off of four wheels. And at that point, there's no brakes to be brake. There's no brakes yeah, to be had, had. Right? Could be anything. I mean, could be you know, you could be. I think about this sometimes when I drive in sandals. I'm like, this probably isn't that safe. Like my foot, if my foot slid out of my sure. sandal, I could get trapped under, and I could get not be able to reach the brake pedal and all this stuff. Like it could literally be anything. So. I don't know. That's that's kind of where I think you know any further would go with, with speculation. But you know, I just thought I thought a lot about Kobe this week and just around this time last year when that happened and how just like final that was and how like as not even a Kobe fan, I just like cried that day and because because of his family and thinking about that and so knowing that Tiger will get to see his kids again and has been, I'm sure this week uh, that it very well could have gone a different way. I do wonder, and I know, I'm sure it's just because Tiger has a fierce independent streak in him, but like with everything that he's been through over the last 10, 12, 15 years, like 
get him a driver. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just you know, like it seems like a no brainer at this point, especially at this point. But yeah, yeah. So, all right, I think we can move on from that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the tributes, as we mentioned. Um, but let's talk about Colin Morikawa. We got a question from Caleb Fridge. There we go. Worked in a question in the first ten minutes of the show. So, take that, haters. Who's There's more plenty dangerous? Plenty more to come. Who's more dangerous? A Morikawa that can putt or a Hovland that can chip? Morikawa. That can putt. I think the Morikawa. That's the answer right there. Uh, the chipping felt. He's been he's been good this pretty, year, and it's been on Bermuda. Like this was on Bermuda this week, and and he chipped well. So, you know, I don't think there's as many strokes to be gained for Hovland chipping wise. Right. Well, but Morikawa, yeah, he was 12th in strokes gained putting this week. If he does that, it's over because he was number one in strokes gained tee to green, and uh, number one strokes gained approach to green. It is seriously. So I I like Colin Morikawa a lot. Honestly, a little boring to watch him hit the same shot into like every green. It's amazing. It starts five yards left of the pin and fires the shit every out of time. Hips and yeah, it's so repetitive. It is, and this is like the highest compliment I can pay someone of like that is as technique like technically solid of a golf swing with an iron as you can as you can have. It's so repeatable, and that's what makes like that's what somewhat makes it boring. Is like yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna do this pretty much every time. The par three. On the front after his early stumbles, where he almost like landed it number in the six, hole. yeah, like, yeah, like, fuck me. <laughs> he, he uh, when I was watching both yesterday and today, he it feels like Mark Brody created Mark Hall in a lab. <laughs> like, I've, I've had a tough, not a tough time, but it's taken me a while to like really understand strokes gained. And you know, I've read most of Brody's book, and you know, it's kind of like the one thing that. When I first learned about it, it was like the shots, the approach to the green. That's where the pros separate themselves from amateurs. They're not rolling in the 30-footers that you're seeing on TV. They're just hitting it closer and making those putts more often. And Morikawa is just the embodiment of that. And that's what you're talking about, about boring. It, it, that, uh, that skill approaching the green just seems to cover up for other stuff that is, I wouldn't say subpar, but just solid, right? Like he doesn't wow me off the tee. He makes me a little uncomfortable around the greens. Like he flubbed a chip on two or three today where you're like, man, that's not very good. And his putting, some of his lagged putts today, I think, what is it? It's 213th in putting, you know. On the, we can talk on, about that. On the year. But but at the same time, even I, I think there's, you could make an argument that it's not that bad, but it, it's also not like, it's not it's, jumping off the page. It's like, not a strength. Yeah. It was not, it's not a strength. Right? I, I don't know if it is a strength yet. But it looked, I mean. It looks better. But yes. even it's it's being able to, like, it's, I don't think it's ever going to be a strength. But it can, as long as you're able to to ride those those hot streaks. Yes. Right. But the announcer said something else. Like he seems to know. Not only is he hitting it close, it seems like he's always getting an easy putt. Like he's he's hitting. He's like getting he's the hitting uphill it close to the right side. Yeah, of the hole. exactly. It's just like wow, man. So like the more I get into golf and and you know embrace the data, I guess you could say, the more it's like that is interesting for me to watch. But it is a bit boring. The one thing that is really interesting though. He's one of the few players where the shot tracer matches up on the way up and down, hmm. right? And it's like, I remember when we were growing up and I was starting to hit the ball a little harder and I was mad when the ball started turning. And I remember Tron saying to me on the range, like, no, no, the pros don't even hit it straight. No one hits the golf ball straight. Like, it's impossible. Like, everybody picks a side. And I know he tends to work it left to right, but it's like, I mean, most of the time the ball's just coming in it, off the face. It's like, that ball's not moving, man. Like, he's doing that. He's hitting it exactly at his target every time, and it's just incredible. The stones to hit the driver, he hit on 12. 
and started at the native area with a cut with a whatever shot lead he had at that point. Like that, that j- and he does the same thing on thirteen. Stands up and and hits a hits a cut. You know when if it. So I, as someone learning to hit a cut, it's terrifying to aim left. Like it really is because a lot of I, yeah. you still have that ball. That but I not feel the move. same way aiming right and trying to you know close close everything down. I think that's just scar tissue for you, right? Like yeah, you know I, I mean, played a draw going growing up and switched to a cut. Partly because I got shitty after college, but also, like, partly because I, you know, I was like, I want to know how far the ball goes, right? Especially with my irons, and yeah, it's like until you trust that, yeah, it's terrifying because your best swings are always going to go dead straight when you're trying to hit a cut, you know. But that first time that you get the four iron to stop on the green with the fade, you're yeah. like addicted to it. It's like, okay, this is the better way to play golf, and so the guy, it is just like looking at the golf courses that set up very, very well for that fade. Yeah. Because he hits to left pins, he hits a fade. Like he yeah. does not try to, you know, match up the shot shape. I don't. With, I don't think it's a coincidence that he's one on two Jack Nicholas golf courses. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. I feel like I said this to Tron as coverage was wrapping up. He Morikawa is what I wanted, or what I want Xander to be. Hmm. It's like young, th- thoughtful. Like I thought his post round interview was awesome. He just oh, seems so like polished, he's engaging, but- and. Just like so much talent, such a beautiful swing. And it's like, you know, I've been kind of, my, I picked Xander to almost be that guy. And yep. it's like, dude, it's, he's right in front of you. Like that's, that is the blueprint for Xander if he could break through. So same amount of wins already. I know, man, it's <laughs> crazy. Right. And better, and honestly, I would say better wins. He's, th- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's thoughtful without seeming fake. Yeah. He's yeah. not like, cheesy. He seems so authentic and, and genuine and looks people in the eye and just, just really like, you know, he's, Emotionally present. Yeah. Like, also, he like uh, seems to sweat. Like his arms are out. He's like glistening. I know he's it's got weird the Martin thing, but, <laughs> but I'm like, I sweat a ton. I'm like, oh my god, he looks like he's getting just bacon out there. Like he's he might have some some glandular issues. You should <laughs> we should ask him about that. So, but he's he's relatable in that way. I just think he seems like a very real person, and I I appreciate that. So, side vent for uh, you're, you're noting him being two thirteenth, two hundred thirteenth in strokes game putting. With the tour, way the tour schedule works now, like there's it, almost never do these stats like actually the matter. Stats should like the stats should really start with the beginning of like the calendar year. Yeah, because most of the fall season is it's all spotty whether or not they have exactly. the strokes gain data too. Like they don't have it for the yeah. Masters. He had three really bad weeks. The Shriners, he had yeah. lost one point six shots. Zozo lost one point eight. And Genesis one point eight. That's per round putting. That's those are very very bad putting weeks. So that that just like not skews it. Like that's yeah. representative that's, of what he's done. But that's not even as bad as, bad as you having forty two putts. Yeah, I have forty two putts <laughs> last week. It's a tough scene. And and my my issue was bad bad, bad first lags. putts, bad yeah. lags, leaving myself outside six feet. And Whereas then just I feel like not Morikawa, making those. Maybe the stats. Like I haven't done a deep dive into the stats, but it seems like he's really hot and cold. A like he's got he he's got very serviceable weeks and when he has a a serviceable week he's in the top ten top twenty he's sniffing around for a win but for me it's it's not so much the eight to ten to fifteen to twenty footers it's the it's the four footers right it's the three and four footers that you know there's one in there that he's gonna miss and it seemed like with this new you know putting stroke he's got like. They were saying something about the closure rate and all mm-hmm. that. Like it seems like he's a, it's a little bit more manageable for him. They were going in the middle of the hole this week. Like yeah, sometimes exactly. he lives on the edge, but they were going in the middle. Well, but I I it reminds me we talked about this in previous pods, but uh, that feeling of Phil Mickelson 
where, you know, you almost feel like Phil's gonna miss one of those short, like in his career, it's always like, God, of course he missed that. But it's like, he also make he hits it so close so often yeah. that it's almost like the odds say that, yeah, he's going to miss some of those. Um, I, but I worry about what I was going to say is I worry about, uh, you know, the honeymoon phase with the grip, with the putting stroke, right? It's almost like he's searching. He fa- like I have this a little bit when I putt where you get a new putter, you're hot for, you know, a couple rounds. And then it's just like, you got to go back to the old right. one or like, does, does that stick? Right. Uh, you know, hopefully it does. Cause it looked really good this week. Like yeah. you said. Yeah, it was very, very impressive. Um, also, I mean, he's got to be exhausted too, right? Like, A, the fact that, you know, I know a lot of guys played over, like, he played the Middle East, what, two weeks in a row? Um, January, I think. Mm-hmm. I will fact check that. But the fact that he comes onto Bermuda and putts well, that is encouraging to me. Because I think that's, as a guy whose putting isn't a strength, like, I, Bermuda is the toughest toughest surface to putt on really good bermuda though can like make you right it can get you right i mean it and the greens obviously a concession are just absolutely mint but just i love having with bermuda having that little tiebreaker of knowing which way the grain is going and how you can use that to kind of help the ball in the hole a little bit so like i agree with like grainy ass bermuda can be a very issue slow yes grainy ass bermuda but yes. our when we played in the alt shot Tourney, I'm with you. I, I kind of, once you kind of start to understand the grain, and even as a viewer, I know we'll probably talk about the course later, but the, uh, you know, aerials of the greens, like seeing the shiny, the, the shiny versus the dark spots, it, it's almost like makes your brain fire. You're like, oh my God, there's so much going on in this putt. Like, I don't know what, I can't read it with them, but it just makes you, it makes me pay attention more, mm-hmm. I guess. I'll take, I'll take that back about the, so he played um, Dubai and then had two weeks off and then played uh, Genesis. Gotcha. So, but he also played Dubai at the end of the Euro Tour year, week 50. Um, they're at the very end of the year. So he's had some he's travel. He's 24. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, I do. So speaking of repeatable and, and the golf swing that came with that, I got something to talk to you guys about. I've been using my Rapsodo mobile launch monitor here. We're going for a more repeatable swing. Sally, like you, you've been using your rap soda? I've been using my rap soda. TC's been grinding. I went to the range twice today. <laughs> yeah, TC was was. If you have two range skipping out on work today. Uh, so I, I mentioned this on a, on a previous pod. Uh, I, I'm I'm chasing speed. I'm going I'm going for some swing speed. All right. So it is super helpful. I'm on a plan, uh, and I'll talk. I'll I'll cover that in in you know some future content, but. It is super helpful to have a tool that you can use to give you measurable data on how you're doing, right? So all I've done right now is my baseline testing for my swing speeds, but I'm documenting it. I'm calculating averages. I'm calculating medians of, you know, what my swing speed is. Honestly, kind of seeing the launch angle changed from shot to shot was a little bit disturbing. I kind of thought I got things out of the, out of a window, uh, a, a pretty regular clip, but my rap Soto is giving me other data and it's, it's, it's going to help me. I hope it helps me kind of train my body to make a more repeatable swing. It's incredibly accurate. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a tiny little, uh, mobile launch monitor. It's very portable. It's about it's the like, size of a rangefinder. Yeah. Size of a rangefinder, size of a, like a, a portable hard drive. Yes. Um, it, tra- it automatically tracks stats. It stores video with each shot with shot tracer. It helps. It's helpful for club gapping, which I believe you can speak to. Well, here. yeah, we got some, uh, some new clubs, Heading our way, I'm switching from the Apex to the the pros to the more g- 
gamer club, so I'm going to need to get on the rap soda to figure out how far yes. those goes com- compared to the uh, to the Nuki Boy irons I've been playing the past couple of years. It prevents you from just having mind- just from mindlessly hitting balls. You can use it indoor and outdoor. So you can go to um, you can go to rapsoto.com/nlu. You can use promo code NLU for fifty dollars off. Again, that's rapsoto, R A P S O D O dot com forward slash NLU. Use promo code NLU for fifty dollars off. Purposeful practice. It is that's, like it's made my practice. Having something to actually like know know that it's tracking it too, knowing that like I'm not just blasting balls out in, in, in you know oblivion there, or making like changes to like a driver setup, like hitting ten with one, mm-hmm. you know, the draw bias on it, hitting ten more without it. It's like you, you actually get a, instead of just being anecdotal. It's it, equipment it's, change season. Well, it also it is like, equipment change season, and it's a it's a good time to have a rap soda. So I'm doing sessions of eight drivers. Yeah, session of eight, rest for two minutes. Session of eight rest session of eight and like my swing speed was going up with each session which i found interesting it was like the more you get warmed up the more you're looser activating you get. your glutes I, that, that, another thing i'm gonna be working on brooks kepka uh i don't have a lot to say other than like this week kind of caught my attention even a little more than the win if he's gonna go out i, on, I had this one marked too solid yeah yeah it's kind of like all right that win wasn't a, not that any win on the pj tour is a fluke but you kind of don't know what you're gonna get from brooks week to week but a trending Brooks is a concern as we head into major SCN. It's I, also somewhere where he probably feels comfortable because it feels like some of the stuff he plays down in South Florida yep. too. Yep. I, I got some Jason Day vibes from him. A lot of the, you know, some See, of the injuries. Now, I, I think it was more, I, I almost I feel like I have to give him that. credit. Like he's, you know, I've, I've kind of been stuck between like this Brooks, like does he really not care? Like is this, you know, is the alpha stuff real or not i think it's real i mean he just like so like saturday he's just steps up and makes these like 20 foot par putts that just other dudes like he just he 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 feels like the ice man you know like i don't find anything rooting for him but like i almost felt like i have to kind of tip my cap to him oh, because he just feels like yeah. it feels like the moment is never too big for him like all the like he just he really does kind of outlast people especially on hard golf courses and like this was an example that like yeah morikawa just was too far out in front, but Brooks just, he didn't fade. You know what I mean? He just, he just grinded it out all the way to the end today. Uh, Kiowa feels like a good, good spot for Brooks. I mean, they kind of all do, don't they? <laughs> 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 like talking about like hitting a really straight golf ball. Yeah. That's the guy that I think of when like, other than Morikawa, like hitting, like probably even more so than Morikawa, hitting just a wickedly straight driver. He's also got like watching him hit wedges all week. He just got such good tempo with the, uh, you know, with the approach, like, you know, hits the ball a mile, but doesn't look like it's, it's, uh, it takes a lot of effort. I think Brooks is becoming the guy that I want the rib to be. Well, you know, I had that marked as well. I think the rib is stuck between Brooks and kind of that DGAF, like, I'm the best, baddest dude out here. And, and I'm going to try really hard and, and be. And like, namaste, like, nothing's going to phase me. Like, a little bit of like, like, and then he just gets stuck in this like apathetic middle ground where you're like, like, or sorry, it's not so much Brook. It's like Brooks, Degaff, and Billy Ho all in. You know, Billy Ho is living and dying on every shot, and it's almost so like you've got a lot of Billy Ho takes that we're gonna get to. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but I'm. I feel like Rory. It's like he's stuck in the middle of those two things. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does. I think he he probably changes like week to week. I feel like with what he says in terms of you know, it's, I've heard him say you know maybe I'm just not as good at golf as I used to be, and also like you know say how passionate he is about it, and I think he. Is trying to like figure out what works for him in terms of how much to care and how yes, much exactly. Rory's, he, Rory's he, the one guy out there where which uh, I, to be clear, he really cares. Yes, but like you know, 
caring too much can hurt you, right? So do you try to convince yourself that I care less? It's almost like, and it's kind of fascinating to watch that play out week to week with him, but it's just disappointing because you're like, God, Rory, like you are, you are the alpha. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like you did this before all these other guys. Yeah, get back to that, man. It almost feels like with Rory that it is, we've held him to the standard of the guy that won four majors for a long time, but it's been long enough now that it's kind of like, you know, dude, you kind of need to reprove it. Like you're you're not that guy anymore. Yeah. It's been six years. Uh, we're up on seven God. years since you've won a major. So like, kind of need to. You can't you can't pull on that experience of having done it nearly well, as closely when it's been that long. Two sure. things with Rory. I think first he's he's the only guy out there that I'm like Rory. Actually, in interviews and and everything, give me less. Yeah, just do I less. Want, <laughs> I want less information, right? Like he, you're putting yourself out there way too much. You're too vulnerable. And second. I think some of the stuff that made Rory really, really, really successful and very like gave him a massive advantage over the field, the field had time to catch up on that stuff, right? Like Rory felt like he had crazy speed mm-hmm. and create, you know, and and kind of taking over the mantle from Tiger on that front, and then you know other guys like technology caught up, other guys caught up, launch angles caught up. Whereas it felt like Rory always kind of had that high launch hit up on it kind of mentality mm-hmm. even from a young age yep i wonder what rory gets out of a t he finished t6 this week but which by like any measure it's really good it's incredible <laughs> yeah. and like if it was female i'd be sitting here and saying he showed like, some flashes he made yeah. some long putts today like he he played solid but it just doesn't he, he it feels like there's no juice out there with him you he know 78 percent of his greens this week yeah I, I i don't know anecdotally for me when i watch rory i feel like every time I, I get frustrated with him and his wedges still where it's like, yo man, it just, I put a pitch and putt in your backyard or something. It's like, a, it's the thrower, not a pitcher thing. Yeah. Just start, just get better from a hundred yards and in. Cause you're always there. And it always feels like he puts it to like 15 feet. I'm like, come on, man. What do the stats say? Yeah, I know. I, I, that I, and that's why I said anecdotally, I, it's almost like every time I tune in, that's what I see. And maybe that's not the case be, be, because I think some of this is just, it's, it's not sample size, but it's sample that were delivered. On TV, right? That good point. It, it, yes, it, it, and I remember. I, I know I've looked this up in the past. I hate the, when you Google Roy McIlroy PJ Tour. You don't get, you get the video game and not his profile. Um, <laughs> but I remember looking this up and be like, actually, his numbers, you know, will show out a better, you know, better than you would expect them to from a certain number. So he's yeah, this year 152nd approaches from 50 to 125 yards, 193rd from. Uh, 125 to 150 yards. Damn, not good. Average of 24 feet, 10 inches. Switch to a new shaft this week. Like he's making tweaks. He's yeah. He's he's working on things. Um, but but really know. good from 50 to 75 yards. That's for two attempts though. So it it, it again the data on the tour. Is yeah, that's like so that yardage weird. that like what Tiger like refused to yeah hit the ball to. Like he would he just avoided at all costs. Like I'm never putting the ball within 50 to 75 Unless yards. Unless you're punching out to that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I hope that he gets a, I don't want to say a fire lit under his ass because I know he's trying, it, it, but well, I just wonder. Yeah, I know. At a certain point when you've get, had so it's many a top bummer. tens. I root yeah. for Rory. He's like probably my favorite player out there, right? I do, and it, you say do less in the interviews. Yeah. I love that he's Well, yeah, of course we right? love it. But he, so we have this question from Mike McGee 51 was, why is it when you look at a leaderboard like that, like we had going into today, the only guy you knew for sure wouldn't win was Rory. God, that's it's like, oh, that cut. He was far back though. He was... I did not think he was in this to to potentially win today. Yeah, but the the Rory coming tweets are are few and far between. Going back, you know? Rory sixty eight percent of his greens all week, seventy eight percent 
on the week uh, on Sunday. I mean, sometimes like with the wedges again, anecdotal. It just feels like he's, you know, trying to like overswing a a lob wedge. I you know, it's like whoa, just can... just choke up, man, and like just get more control over it. I do think you can deduce it down to like there there is a Venn diagram where the overlap between what they show on TV and what's an important moment in the middle there is a pretty big circle, right? Where when they do show him with a wedge in his hands on Saturday or Sunday, like that's a big moment, right? Otherwise they probably wouldn't be showing him. Yeah. And I feel like he's just not, to me, it feels like the, the a battle between natural ability and mechanical or. Well, it feels like he's not even playing great golf and finishing tie for sixth, right? Yeah. So that's yes. what makes it frustrating. But like when Tony Finau finishes tie for six, it's like, dude, you, what a great week you play. Like yeah. that's incredible golf. And we just haven't seen like the crazy week long peak from Rory in quite some time. He was playing awesome golf before the uh, before everything hit last year, which he got. I don't want to say screwed out of that, but like he was really, really, really trending heading into the players, and that was unfortunate timing for him. He just and, hasn't been as sharp. And we know like that's that's his favorite walk in all of golf. It's about fifty to one hundred yards too long, and and the side of his most important shot, maybe yeah. maybe most defining shot, maybe S ever six iron on fifteen, yeah. From the, from that bunker, who's going to hit the defining shot this year? Unbelievable! Um, How about the Fleetwood? They're bringing in Fleetwood Mac this year for the seventeen. My my favorite, like the, one thing that DJ said very early on when it came to like making videos and like teaching me about making videos was like, I don't want to like you don't have to like you don't have to spell it out for people. You don't have to like tell people what to think. And so when I see that commercial, when it's like right on the edge of 17 and they flash the, you know, the sign that says hole 17. Yeah. Like this is what we're doing here. We're taking this song and we're applying it to the 17th hole. Can you see what we're doing? They're here? treating their audience. The like definition, I was going to say TZ, the definition of treating the audience like they're stupid. Yes. Yeah. Tremendous. And I know you saw it the previous 35 times, but maybe on the 36th, <laughs> you're really going to understand the reference here. So, but shout out to Fleetwood Mac, just raking in the royalty money on that one. Um, you have some horse takes, Neil? Yeah, I I do. I you know I watch a lot of Billy Ho, which he's not my favorite guy, but I actually appreciate today. I felt like I really appreciated him being in contention. He is just a ball of tension, and it's almost like you can tell he feels that way because he spends about thirty seconds getting his forearms loose before he swings the club. He's got a little timer in him too with the with the arm sweat. He does, and he's like kind of closet Opus Day where he's like. You, you can tell he like really, really wants to beat up on himself, but he's kind of got that like, ha ha, you know, I'm smiling, I'm laughing, I'm, I'm hitting I'm, out of the water. I'm, I'm calling everybody buddy. Yeah, like, that was, everything's fine. But then they like flash to him like smiling. And it's just like, God, man, there's, there's some tension behind those eyes. Uh, but I like, I like that. It's exciting. It's kind of how I feel watching Hatton play. You get some passion and some, like he wants it. And I, we need more of that yeah. on the PGA he Tour. He feels very, so, watching Billy feels very relatable for me. Yes. Where... When I'm playing good golf, he's got quick tempo. Um, he's wound kind of tight, but like it's like everything always feels like it's on a knife's edge with him. And I, what I like about Horschel is he honestly doesn't seem like he cares what anyone thinks. Like he doesn't. I don't think he tries to buddy up too many people on tour. He kind of runs in his own circle, from what I from what I understand, and uh, doesn't really fake much of anything. He's kind of wears it out on his sleeve. And he, he also he's also very quick to run to a microphone though too, which I, I have a tough time. Balancing those two things because I feel the same way. Like I feel like he's he's very content to march to the beat of his own drum out on the golf course, and then afterwards it seems like he always wants his his voice to be heard. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's him running to the microphone as much as like if someone puts a microphone in front of him, he's 
Yeah. He he has a lot to say, which he, and I don't have a problem. I don't I don't agree with a lot of what when, he says, but I don't have a problem with it's, him it's, being it's honest. It's always very emotional. Yeah. When yeah. Horschel gets hot golf wise, like he gets hot. That, like, well, that's gonna, what I was yeah. going to say. It's almost like he goes through. He's uh, he's like the microwave guy. Like he'll just go away it's for two years, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, Billy Ho's still doing it. Like, you know. So yeah, he's got some longevity to his game. I think I think it's because his tempo is like he's so timing based, and yeah. his tempo is so quick at the top. But when you're on, you're on. I mean, that FedEx Cup he won. That was like the ultimate heater. That was truly was 82nd like, after Boston came out of yeah. nowhere to win Boston. the whole thing. So yeah. Sure. Um, Hovland, I got a question from CK Spoff. I, I don't know where to, uh, never know where to cut off like the initials and the, and the rest of the name. Do you agree that Hovland is still criminally underrated, never misses a cut, and is seemingly always in contention? Pencil him in for a major the next 12 months, in my opinion. I struggle to talk about Hovland with Sally because it just reminds me of my Sam Bowie moment with the with the Fred X cup. So, well, that was the biggest own goal of the last three or four years. Yeah. I got, I got, I got got there. I got well, got bad. It's good news for you. Horschel's birdie on 17, put him in a T two position with Hovland. Uh, Cause Hovland was projected to lead the tour in money made this year, but now he's second to DJ. So yeah, um, that's, well, that's good. He might win the Fred X cup like on his own. Yeah. I know money earned. So, I mean, you guys are like Scheffler played today too. Yeah. And Victor like doubled him up in cash today. Right. So, it's the, the Friday's Cup's over. It's been over. Talk about endearing guys, though. Hovland is so best. easy to root for. He's the best, man. Like, that was so awesome. When he made the quad on Friday, like, he stands up there and does the interview, and they, they patted him on the back a million times for that. But just, like, how are you Like how are you able to sit here and talk about it? And he's just like, yeah, I think it's just like a coping mechanism right now because I think inside he was fuming at wasting away four shots when you're playing really good golf. But, you know, there's something about when, when Harold Varner – uh, had that like torrid opening round last year at Charles Schwab, and he tripled the next hole. Yeah, I remember some him saying something along the lines of like, "When you make a triple when you're playing good, it's really not that big a deal because like you know you can get it back." And I think that's exactly how he felt. Like he just went right out and played insanely good golf right after making what a, a what a quad. Gosh, that just blows my mind. Right? Like what a freeing feeling that yes. must be. Oh, I just made a triple, but you know what? Who gives a shit? Because I'm I'm gonna birdie three of the next five holes. And I forget who told me this, but somebody had said, like, you know, I, I think it was, yeah, when I quadded the opening hole at the uh, Jack's Beach City M, one of the guys I was playing with was like, if you're going to make a quad, what hole would you want it on? The last one you play or the first one? And I was like, well, it sucks to do on your first one, but, like, yeah, probably the first one. He's like, exactly. You have 53 holes remaining until I get it back. Like, if you finish with a quad, then you just have to sit there and, and stew over it. And I was like, ah, that's really interesting perspective. Not that, and yeah, he finished with that Friday, so he had to go sit with that. But he did have thirty six holes remaining, and he played them in eleven under after that. Is there so. something about Hovland? Just looking at, I mean, he's, he's you know, looking at him, Mayakoba first, uh, DP World Tour Championship in Dubai, T three, didn't play well in Kapalua, and then T two at Farmers, T six at the Bonesaw, and T five <laughs> at the Genesis, and then this week. Is there something with him where we feel like he he wastes shots every once in a while, or he watching him at Tory, for instance? I felt like there were just some some loose shots down the stretch. That I mean, is this just part of his maturation and part of his, or is it something to where like it's like making the quad, for instance? Like, or is there something kind of in his in his mindset in the way that he plays to where he's gonna make a shitload of birdies, but it's also because he's he's just a hot, like a highly volatile player hole to hole. I think there were a couple shots out there today to that point like where he like went at the stick and the announcer's like, there's no way he can get it close here. And it's like, 
He does, but like that, that might have been Nota Begay, not really. Being I know, too but but it's like, yo, that's you're not supposed to you're not supposed to flag that one. Basically, right. like the data says, you know, don't hit it there, and he does it and pulls it off. Well, there's probably there's a dark side of that style of play, which puts him in the bushes when he hit got that crazy birdie up and down. On, oh, was that, that was 13. 13? Yeah. So freaking good. That shot that was, was like, unbelievable. Was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he misses in some yeah. bad spots or when is what he I'm getting at. left at Torrey on that, on that hole at Torrey when he, you know, and then he got the big ruling over there and everything. And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Long left. Yeah, and it's times. like, man, like that's, that's not a good miss. That's not the place to miss, but he did it because he's going at the pin. Yeah. It's like maybe he's just the ultimate gunslinger, right? Yeah, he's, that's a he, good word for it. He definitely is. And he's got he's also got that like boyish like yeah. chuckle and also like the way he dresses it looks like he's you know it's not great you know his outfits aren't great he's i'm gonna charming. be honest but it, i love but it is charming. charming it's like a middle schooler like yeah i don't know man i just like this orange color whatever D, was it dj that said he had stoned rory vibes that's big my time yeah. big uh, time yeah shout out his tribute to uh, this is a porter tweet today but his tribute to ricky fowler today was was yeah. tremendous the it just feels ball. like the like the you know the boy genius a little bit you know he's he's uh yeah, he's fun to watch for sure. And they were kind of all over him on Friday for, you know, how he played that ninth hole. But, like, he had, for those that didn't see it, he, you know, thinned a bunker shot from the fairway over the green into the Palmettos. And that was where he had no good option from there. I was going to say, it wasn't a a decision error. No. an action error. He just had a bad so shot. So, like, the unplayable, he can't, can't take the unplayable because it wouldn't make it any better, basically. It, it wouldn't have made it much, any yeah. much better. You So you technically could have taken it, but and then, you know, you could take two unplayables, I assume, right? And yeah. get, get it eventually to a good drop. Or you can go back to the bunker, and if you drop in a bunker, it's going to plug. So what are your, like, you chunk it out there, hit five on, maybe make six, probably make seven. He probably thought he could make better than seven from that back. I, w- I will say, yeah, watching the whole sequence today, on thir- was it 13? Mm-hmm. Where, like you know, he had seven different clubs out of his bag. He was he was gonna hit it one one handed, backhanded. I, there was all sorts of shit going on. And Neil's like, dude, just take the unplayable. And then he and then he steps up there and hits it to there. But that could have been disastrous yep. too, right? So maybe oh my that's God. There was I so felt many... like he could have taken. I didn't can't see the angle to the pin, but it looked like he might have been able to go sideways and get to grass with an unplayable. But that could be that's. Said. Pure speculation. But, but that just goes to show you, like, that's a window into his mentality. Of, like, not only is he not taking the unplayable or not pitching out sideways. No, he's, like, he's trying to get into a 10-foot circle. Yeah. I mean, the, he got, the shot he hit out of the Palmetto on Friday was too good. Like, he got way too much ball. And that it went up against the back lip of that bunker. If it goes anywhere else in that bunker, he's fine. It was just, I don't know. I like, I like guys that are going to play golf that way and are going to yeah. play aggressively. And so... I was trying to get a, a, a tweet in of some kind that was like, oh, three wood, huh? Well, you're fired <laughs> after he hit it to seven feet. That was that was like the highlight moment of the – that was the, the, the best shot I feel like I saw this week was uh, was that one from Hovland. But he is fun to watch. All right, so this one from the Leprechaun, yeah. And he's got the uh, – his picture is of the – Anybody else see the leprechaun say, yeah? Shout out uh, to Mobile, Alabama. Who you putting stock in right now amongst the young crew? We see Morikawa and Hovland bucking their heads and Wolf WDing after a smoking 83. That's tough. I lost a futures bet on that. I, I had, think I had Wolf winning next before those two. I think it's definitely Morikawa. I mean, and, and that's not recency bias. I think I said the same thing at the end of the year, beginning of the year this year. And, and I think Hovland's going to be there more, but Morikawa's probably going to win more. Yeah, Hov- like Hovland feels more volatile, or feels like he's he's gonna be in the mix a lot. But Morikawa, like when he when it's in his grasp, it's his man. So that that's a bit ca- that's a bit counter to what you were saying. Like who's more 
the first question we talked about. Well, I think Markel is still going to probably go up and down with his putting, but like yeah. he's going to go out and snatch these things. Whereas I, I don't want to say Hovland has female tendencies, but I feel like Hovland is just going to rack up T sixes. Yeah. And whereas Morikawa, I feel like when he sniffs it, he he goes and gets it. I think it might be a dog versus killer situation. I'm curious. Yeah, that's so a good way to put it. With this new, you know, putting grip, if that if that brings his floor up with his putting, that could, could be very well could be where like Morikawa might be. You know, like I, I, I'm sensing. I'm there's whiffs of, like very, 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 like greatness with yes. him. Yes, somebody right? sent yeah. a DM. The resume is like 100 percent Morikawa. Like you know, somebody sent a DM over under 17 and a half wins for Morikawa. I'm going over. I was like, I know I'm it's so over. easy to go over every time it's after some. No, no, I'm like, normally under. I'm with dude. you. Yeah, it's over. I over, would. Over. He might make a hundred million on the course. He's almost got ten. He's 24. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So three putt poppy asks: Is another wolf WD scummy, or should be we we be worried about his mental health? Serious question. Ryan Lavner wrote a, a piece uh, for Golf Channel this week, kind of floating that question, diving into it. It wasn't like sourced with like this person close to him says this, it's but like it, it, it read to me like, all right, Lavner doesn't write that without having some stuff on background there, um, and it just doesn't seem like Wolf is is doing great. It is worth noting in the article. He also notes that like should be a senior in college, uh, yeah, and I think twenty one. Yeah, 20, he's twenty one years yeah. old and has won on the PGA Tour and has almost won a major and has had a great run this fall and that has not lasted over uh, into the spring. And it, it it is a you know it's a question like how ready are people to be professionals? And despite having some success on the course, he's made almost six million bucks on there. For everyone that said like. You know, he, I knew that swing wouldn't hold up and all this shit. It's like, no, shut up. Yeah. Like, he yeah. has had success on, on tour and a lot of success. And also, he's got security, right? He's gonna he, He's got status for the next, what, at least two years. It's like, yo, man, take take some time. Get, get you know, get your mind right if you need to. And also, just, I don't know. I think sometimes these guys, uh, maybe they do run themselves ragged. Without, yes. w- w- if you're a dude that has the ability to take some time off, do it. Well, if you need especially it. going back to like COVID stuff where it's got to be like, I feel like the tour is a lonely place to begin with. It's going to be even yes. lonelier now, right? Where you hundred percent. That's what Lavner was getting at was like with COVID and like the lack of hang going on right now on tour. And like, basically you finish playing golf and you go back to a hotel room. Like, dude, and, when and, I was 21 and, and, and Wolf seems like kind of an extrovert, like he, he likes to yeah. talk. He likes to, he likes to be around others. He, he recharges being around others. And when you, when you have to go back to the hotel and you, and you're just sitting there in your room by yourself, that sucks. At 34, that's amazing. And I would love that. Oh, yeah. But at 21, you could not have paid me. Uh, you probably could have paid me $5 million to do it, but like, it would not be good for me. So I, I think it is just a, Hold your judgment on this. You know, this is part of growing pains. And I, I don't know. The, the WD, I think, you know, some people calling it scummy, whatnot. If the guy is clearly not in a good headspace, I don't know what reason you need to provide to not play. But I don't think you're, especially for a tournament where you're, there's not really fans, well, there's you're no, under no obligation. I think the there. other thing there there is, in a tournament like this, there's no alternates. Right. The big thing with WDing for me is if there's, if there's alternates and you're taking up somebody's spot in the field and you know you're not going to, go you know and maybe that's just me rationalizing this but at some point he legitimately wasn't taking someone else's spot in the right. field and did he did he get the money for this like i, don't, I forget you, you yeah you get the the last place you check. get the last place yeah. check i didn't i couldn't remember what which they, is what 50k 
Well, 32K. 32? I forget if they changed it Sheesh. after... The, uh, uh, the uh, DB straight five. <laughs> the burger one where he teed off and then left with a $50,000. That is pretty scummy. He screamed, put the money in the bag on the tee. Um, <laughs> Which, so, I mean, of all courses, too, to where like you're going to do la- like, lasting damage to your psyche yeah. in your golf game if you keep playing like shit around there where it right. just keeps piling up and piling up. I, you know, I don't... A lot of weeks I get on guys for for uh, WD. He's had some wrist issues, I guess, lately too. Like just whatever, just wash your hands clean, get right. You know. Yeah, I think it uh, preaching patience in this scenario, and uh, I think a lot of people out there. I'm still, I'm obviously still rooting for the guy. Uh, I think a lot of people out there are still rooting for the guy. Same here, if only for like more unique golf swings on tour. And he almost won like two majors ago. The guy was finished yeah. second. Like this is not that long ago. That's it, and that's why I get even more upset with people. Like you said, that say like, oh, that swing will never hold up. You should be rooting for that swing to hold up. Yes. It's more interesting. Like <laughs> You don't want everybody to hit the golf ball the same way. That's not fun to watch. Bottom line, he's 21. Exactly. Should still be in college. J. Ed Meads 27 uh, needs some input on the blasphemy in Max's Twitter comments yesterday. T's and P's for Max. This is like... No, T's and P's for all the fucking morons in, in, in Max's replies. <laughs> We're like... Don't, Anybody that sent us an email, what, what did or Max a tweet, tweet for, that hasn't seen anything? It? Max tweeted out that he's like, I, I had already packed for this trip. I will not be wearing red and black tomorrow in tribute of the cat. And he just got, I wouldn't. And Max and I are on the same page. I don't wear red ever. Max doesn't wear red. So it's like ever. legit. And I don't he's wear, not packing. That, I don't yeah. wear a Kelly green. And and Max has what four or five logos on his shirt. Where like it's not like you can run down to. Well, well that that was the best part. Is. Every other reply was, dude, week, week, go down to PG, just take a trip to PGA Superstore. So you know what I do want to give a shout out to is Scotty Scheffler, who that's exactly <laughs> what it looks like he did is he walked into PGA Superstore and picked up <laughs> off a clearance rack a, a Nike shirt that, you know, was on sale. And they're like, sorry, man, we only got three XL. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll that take it. That was kind of the ultimate tribute to, to Truly, cat, exactly. Right? That was that was the tribute. I mean, totally. But, like hats off to Scotty Scheffler. But that works if you're a Nike athlete, because yeah. Nike athletes don't have other sponsors on their shirts. That's yeah, that's and true. Like, I'm talking to our two merch guys right here, and we have logos on well, for the players that we sponsor on yeah. their clothing. We have logos. How easy is that? What's Getting a DST file not, to not easy. To a, you know an embroider and all that. Like it's not a it's not a simple process. And then. Um, no, like, yeah. oh, dude, you know, your sponsor should understand, you know, like what, yeah. what's That's not how it's it works. just like, also so Max stupid. wasn't shown on TV the it's, whole, the whole day anyway. So also so who gives a shit, right? Like I can't tell you how many people reached out like emails, DMS, you know, you guys need to be banging the, dr- I can't believe you're not banging the drum for everybody wearing red out there. I went to the driving range today. There were three or four hardos wearing like red Nike mock turtlenecks on Sunday today of all day, you know, in in honor of the cat. And I'm like, honestly, like, like Mac Max had a great great response. Hey, I'm gonna honor the cat in my way, which is like winning his tournament last week, and then modeling my entire game after his. And that's that, right? I I just could not be even more out on like guilt shaming people into honoring someone and and also the guy's still alive no it's also just a complete brand orgy of like oh dude you know tragedy strikes like let's use our like clothing let's let's use this to sell shit is basically what it what it like let's let's really take a look at this uh tribute we have here it's basically just like more brand awareness for nike which is like hey cool you know what nike sponsors tiger i have no problem with that but like 
You don't have to. It's stupid. It's not. I don't know. I'm getting all fired up. The only one I feel like I saw that wasn't a Nike athlete was Patrick Reed. And nobody asked him what to wear anyways. He doesn't have sponsors, really, too. And he's wearing a Titleist hat that he doesn't get paid to wear either. (laughs) But everyone else was Nike. Like, that is a brand play here. Like, you, come on, people. You're capable of seeing past this. Aside from the fact that Scheffler was wearing, you know, wearing that oversized shirt and everything like that. Which was sick. That he he got off the clearance Rory was wearing the same one. What a bad fucking shirt! Oh, huge, tough, tough scene there with Look, the with the routing shirt. Somebody said that now. I, I, I God, I wish I knew was, who this it was. was. Uh, it was Mackenzie's, or it was uh, Rainer's original routing at, at, at Cyprus. That that made me chuckle. That was a great tweet. I thought it was Rasmus Hogard's uh, shot tracer there to the right of seven today. <laughs> yeah, that it just beyond silly to. God, like, how how much of a volume a volume shooter is Nike? Just they just throw a ton of shit at the wall, and it, they they chuck up a lot of air balls. With, sometimes with it looks like they're, they're literally throwing shit at the wall and then taking a screenshot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it is. They really, really throw a lot out there, and it's like they miss a lot of shots. But I, you know, I, I, I they're still, you know, they're still putting up numbers. But like, judging for like the replies to like Max's tweet, they're probably selling this to a lot of not Definitely, smart people. A hundred percent. Terrifying, part. right? Like that is a a scary insight to how I hope not listeners of this podcast, but how a lot of golf fans, you know, think things work. Speaking of the uh, speaking of the of the shirtgate stuff, how about um, uh, Morikawa was going to get a shirt delivered? It got delayed. It didn't get there on time. Mm. Did that make his FedEx cup allegedly pile? FedEx? <laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly. You know, well, what, what, what was Sergio's honor? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah, Sergio had about four mistakes in his tweet, too. It was Sergio wore what, green and yellow? He, he wore that uh, uh, Keen shirt, the one the, the one with no collar, the green and yellow uh, Adidas shirt. And then called Tiger the reigning Masters champ. When reigning major champ. Reigning yeah. major champ? <laughs> yeah. Which makes even less sense then. Yeah, which is like, well, first off, he's, you know, DJ one, so there's there's somebody else that's reigning, and it's it's just like oh now I get it. He wore green as in the Masters yes. champ, reigning green but I jacket. Think like, yes, I know. reigning Masters champ is like, DJ. I is know. DJ, which is but like I okay. Tru- I truly was like oh I, yeah, it's not red and black, but it's green in honor of the cat. I was like that's just a color, man. Like that's not even like that doesn't I mean, wore, no. It, I wore a shirt today. It truly struck me as like he finished his round. Is like how can I? Yeah, how do I work this? Like in? a made up lie. It just like oh well, I can I can. You know, I can make it sound like I thought through this, but it's like, dude, we all know, like, Adidas has been sending that shirt out with scripting for every other guy <laughs> and in their stable. People, like, that's not true. <laughs> of all people, Sergio. Yeah. Like, yo, like, Sergio, nobody, like, We're not asking nobody's asking you to do anything, man. <laughs> um, let's talk about the golf course. We haven't really talked about it much. It's a lot, got a lot of questions. Road to the AM says, what event should concession host each year? WGC, elevated event, the military tribute at the concession, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I mean, are all bet like we can move any event to the concession? Uh, let's just I'll, I'll work in a couple I more concession the, questions the here. WGC, that's a good. I mean, the place feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, and the tournament kind of feels like it's no cut. And you, I said to TC on the back nine, like, man, that is a stacked leaderboard. But I'm not getting a ton of juice from it. But it, it is like we're watching a lot of good golfers battle it out here, and. That's the kind of, with that kind of purse, I think that kind of challenge is, is a good, uh, it could almost be a good identity for the WGC of like really, really hard golf course and the best 50 guys. Like let's, let's go at it. Right. I, I, actually, I like that. 
Uh, I w- I'll, so I'll, I'll take you one farther there. I think that the HSBC champions WGC presented by money laundering HSBC, all that, <laughs> is I think they should move there and then just tell people that it's in China. And like nobody goes to that tournament anyway. And they, they could just say, hey, it's HSBC and we're, we're, in China. In, we're in China or whatever, but they play it at the concession. <laughs> On tape delay. <laughs> yeah. And but it, it, to your point, like that, getting the WGCs an identity would actually be a, a good thing. Yes. I will say this WGC, and I know it's moved, it's changed names, and it feels like a different one. This one delivers a lot. I mean, Doral was fun to watch. I hated Doral. After they redid it, though, and all the players hated it, that was interesting. It was interesting. I feel like I would have loved watching that now. Yeah. But, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I was like... Uh, yeah, back before the NLU days, it was, it was t- tough for me to distinguish one Florida course from another. It, was, yeah. it just felt very... But uh, once it moved to Mexico, that was fantastic. Copy. And yes. this concession is like... Oh God, I said it on Thursday. I was like, what is the purpose of this golf course if not to host PGA Tour events? Because... totally. AMs have no shot on this course. Yeah. And not to Amsterdam this, but I was a little disappointed in how NBC covered the slopes around the greens. There were, I didn't see one handheld near the green to like... I think I think we're officially shifting our focus from... CBS, CBS is off. <laughs> is, you guys are off the hot seat. <laughs> the eye is now. The eye is now on NBC. And TC is, is NBC, declaring Tommy it. NBC, Tommy Roy, you guys are absolutely mailing it in. I mean, it's, it's jarring the no drone and no like... Panning, no, yeah, no wind thing. Like yeah. it's, it is. They do wind thing. Yeah, they do wind. Yeah, the okay. NBC does wind, but like they don't have the the. the I think the I think the players will be a big a big uh, spot for them. Hope to so. show. Hey, you know, it's like CBS is Augusta. Well, one right? other thing on the, and I know this is your block, Solly, but it is thrilling to watch balls roll off the green. Oh, it's yeah. just a simple, you know, and I, it's hard to like. Oh God, that is like you, guy thinks he hits a great shot and it just rolls thirty feet, you know, off the back, and now he's. Now he's screwed. It, that is awesome to watch. And I wish I saw more of that in professional golf. Watching Saturday, the 13th hole, that was the most alive I've felt watching golf this yeah. year. Watching dudes just repeatedly make the mistake. Like, not understanding that a p- potentially a par 5 today might not be meant to reach in two shots. Like, if you want to get near this pin, you're you're not going to stop it there. Like, yeah. why, why are you trying to? And they just cannot fathom or, or grasp the idea of not going at a pin or... You know, not worry, like actually having to worry about where you leave it around the green and a true death spot. Long left of 13 at concession is I'm not, this is not hyperbole, the worst miss I've ever seen on a golf course. Like it, they did a horrible job of showing how far below the surface you are, but it's Sweetens Cove on acid. I was like, going to say, it reminds me a lot of the way I feel when I play at Sweetens, where you feel like you hit a good shot. You know, number eight at Sweetens would be a great example, and you're two feet right of where you want to be and you're off the back right of the green and you're screwed and I mean, it's great and it's and that's a stimulating course to play and it's fun to watch and i also like it when these guys miss there and you like you just flipped on coverage guy missed in what looks like a very oh that's short grass that looks like it should be pretty easy because obviously we're not seeing kind of the slopes mm-hmm. and why it's not easy but when the announcers are able to say then it helps them be like he's dead there like that is not good. And it's just like, Instead whoa. of just playing some gouge shot out of... Yeah, now I'm locked into like, oh, I got to see this. Like, is he is he right? That he, is he really dead? I can't wait to watch this chip shot. So I like that a lot. I think with NBC, it's very... Uh, it's over-reliance <clears throat> on tower cams. Yeah. 
And that's just, what, everything yeah. is just tower cam tower, and all that all that stuff that you guys are talking about gets washed out, right? 100%. Fun fact: Tad King, co-creator of Sweetens Cove, shaped many of the greens out of the concession. Which really? I heard that this week, and uh, oh, I remember well, that makes ben, a lot of sense. Ben, when we went out there, Ben called it. They said it was Bryson Sweetens. Bryson Sweetens, because like just the grand scale of concession, but with yeah. wild ass crazy greens that are crazy punishing. This is definitely your block, Sally, but more short grass. Yeah. I mean, let that ball run away, leave guys uncomfortable, like especially on Bermuda. Like I and we got a question there that we should probably back up and answer. You know, this is from Adam McLean. He said, Help me understand what's different about the grass when going from SoCal to Florida. Is it really different? For people that don't play on Bermuda a lot, that could be our, you know, UK listeners or wherever you might be. It is so different when you play with grain. And when you have a chip where the grain is working against you, your contact has to be so precise, so precise that I will putt it. Like it, if you put me into the grain, if I like, you know, take a chip and your your club just like grabs the grass, I will put the club back and putt it almost in every situation. It also makes the sh- like a, a lot of, you see a lot of the guys pointing like, how did it go that way? Right? It's like, well, it's the grain. Yeah. You know, like and that makes, it just makes, I think, more exciting uh if people, Golf to watch. There's more unpredictability, I guess. If people want to like, ask like what grain does to people, like the reason that I'm playing left-handed for a year is because of like wet, grainy Bermuda. It's a nightmare <laughs> to chip off of, and it and it seeps into your head. It's like these little gremlins are on the ground, and they're they're grabbing your club. So, and <laughs> you're stubbing it, and you're double and triple hitting it. Jesus, TC. <laughs> I'm sorry you you've been going through that. I didn't know that, man. Are you like we'll take that offline? Versus like like I I. <laughs> jump at the opportunity to go up and play off of off of rye grass um, and bank grass up up north it's midwest in the summer is it's so it, nice it's like wow this is a lot <laughs> this is a lot more comfortable up here <laughs> i swear the ball flies straighter coming off that stuff too i, yeah. I don't know how to explain it's that it's psychological right yeah. the greens you know do get can... super slick though yes. you know the, the the bent stuff is in the summer is but even that i feel like it's easier because you you know exactly how it's going to break and like it shortens your stroke a little bit too, and you don't have to worry about like a down grain, downwind putt. Just, just will never stop. It's right, like, it's like an ice skating rink. But yeah, it it just it takes a certain level of confidence, and it it, it adds another layer. So like if you're long left of thirteen, everyone I heard a lot of people saying like, why don't they just putt it up that hill? It's like all right, I was saying that they're definitely not showing how that. Like you would not look at that slope and be like, oh, let's putt up this. Like it, because then you can't stop it on the green. You can't too. stop it up there yeah. and. When you're putting up the hill on the Bermuda too, it's gonna eat the shit out of your ball. Yeah. Like it's just gonna be dead into the, the gremlins. The gremlins was, are gonna eat it. I was blown away at how how hard guys had to bump yes. seven irons and and you know pitching wedges into that. It would hop up and it really grabbed them. Where like they had to hit the shit out Which of it to get it. Past that, that shot initial bump is that's a great point because that shot is such a a sign of like skill. Yes. Being able to hit that spot right on the top, you know, like Brooks had one yesterday, I think on the back of 13, and it's like, God, he hit the perfect spot. But, like, I think somebody else missed that spot, and it skids in the front bunker. So, but they, yeah, Amsterdam take, they didn't really show a good angle to show how hard that shot is to hit. And I'm sure they'll come back and say, well, you know what, we we, we didn't find out until two months prior that we were – hosting an event there and all that and you know at some point it's like i don't think you're you're going and scouting out you know certain places that far that far in advance or like do less have less towers have more hands yeah, that's what i was going right? to say like, if that's, that's the, the case. deal it's like it should actually require less scouting to, to show the ground level you know 
Yeah, if, if that was the case, then it's like you guys should have been running and gunning more, which is kind of what we're asking for. It's like, just like... I, ben and I went to the concession and literally documented these slopes. Like, it's yeah. not that difficult. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's really not. With a, with a, with a Sony, yeah. you know, A6 or A9 Handycam. It's yeah. not yeah. that difficult. And that... I know live TV is different and all that. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why they don't have handhelds and whatnot, but just like some... Like, like left of seven, that back left pin that they had Saturday on seven was so insanely hard and I feel like we barely even saw it. Like people the viewers at home didn't get to appreciate some of the amazing shots that were played because I don't know. So I saw a lot of people saying like the course is too easy. Is this really that hard? 18 unders winning, blah, blah, blah. I I, I think I said this last week. It was like it, the field is going to the separate. Variance. There's yeah. going to be a ton of variance. The birdies are out there. If you hit good shots, you can make birdies on that golf course. And we saw that. And I well in a good like uh, counter to that is the course that hard. Look at Cam Smith. He shoots 77, you know, on Saturday after having it on fire the first two days. Comes back, shoots, I think, 66 today. So 67 today. But 67, yeah. but like establishing his, his, you know, his dog bona fides, just, you know, licking his wounds from Saturday, comes out and plays well. But that that's weight, like that's not happening in another course where he was slightly off on Saturday mm -hmm. and it just, you know, water everywhere, lost balls, like it, it errant shots are, Fucked basically. Cam had a uh, he he missed his drive in the lake to the left on 16 on Saturday, and then just steps right back up and hits one like 10 feet right of the yeah. lake, hits it to five feet, makes five, makes five like it's nothing. And like that was that that to me was more impressive than anything he did in yeah. his 67. And like seeing him play, he shot 68, 66 the first two days. Seeing him do that and then shoot 77 and. With Cam, you really can't tell whether he's shooting seventy-seven or sixty-seven. Like he's very even keeled, and he's mm -hmm. just like he's just positive out there. Dustin Johnson did not shoot 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, or seventy-six this week. He shot seventy-seven, sixty-nine, sixty-nine, seventy-eight. Like it, this place identifies the good greatest golf. player of all time, and that's what like is we kind of uh, somewhat <laughs> glance by what Morikawa did. Like even. With the lead he had today, nothing was guaranteed. There's like six shots out there that are like, dude, pass this test. You, yeah. This is where you have to hit it, right here. Can you do it? And he did and it every time. And you can kind of see it on his face a little bit on, you know, 13, 14, 15. I think, can't remember which holes, but he missed some like 12 footers, you know, just misread or whatever. And you could tell he was like, damn, you know, he just wanted that cushion. Yes. You know, because he, he knew he knew he had some big golf shots coming up. More so than a lot of guys, like, on another course, like, they're on cruise control. Like, cool, comfy par, comfy par, no big deal. Not a single guy shot shot in the 60s all four rounds. <laughs> Wade Shasky asked, concessions great, produce Unreal Golf, and we all want to see more PGA events here. Is it even possible, though? Is the infrastructure there to support a tournament with fans? I, I don't claim to be an expert on knowing what you need, but it's a big ballpark. And I know it kind of weaves through some Martian stuff back there, but... You're not really confined with a lot of space. They could clear out some space for some bleachers if they wanted to. You know, you don't need to let a lot of fans in probably for it. I, I don't think it's a max event. I was going to say, the WGCs don't feel like spectator-centric events. They feel like yeah. you know, you're, feel you're like blasting a, these out to yeah. all countries on a TV product. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it almost it's feels the, like the skins games more than any, you know, like big money TV matches, right? Like if you can have an event at Kiowa with fans, you can have it at concession for sure. I would. And also it's not, it's, you know, it's not, doesn't look like it's close to anything, but you know, Tampa Bradenton is, it's sprawled out to begin with. So I'm sure you could get fans to, you know, oh, yeah. to show they up. That would, fans, yeah. it, but they're talking about like the bleachers then, right? Like, can it support? You know, you're talking about the PGA tour. The PGA tour can get fans. They got the, they paid the fanatics to, 
that's come, that's to come in TC, and cheer for the international. Thank you, thank you for holding me accountable. Thank uh, you. It was my big takeaway was a place where I want to like I love I like watching the pros play there. It makes me want to play golf less when I watch that course. Interesting. Or it just, it just maybe like, left-handed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just it just looks like all the all the elements of golf that. I despise, right? Like the way to protect a golf course. And I know we're talking about the slopes and everything around the greens, but you know, all the carries off the tee and all the, a lot of all, penalty shots out there, all the really, really scary bunkering. Yeah. Like where it's, it sh- there's five levels of bunkers and it may not be that in actuality, but visually it's just, it's crazy. I, I struggle with this with, with Jack because I think it answers a question, right? It, it is a bit of a cop-out the way all of his bunkers are just deep. Like, they're just deep, un, almost unnecessarily and unnaturally deep. Yet, when I go to Scotland, I'm like, oh, these pot bunkers are so awesome. Like, they just, like, gobble up balls, and you're trying to avoid them. And it's unnatural, but, like, gosh, it's a really good way of identifying talent. I, I really do think that. I think this golf course is... Well, going back, you said it's it's an answer to a question. The question of, like, how do you challenge, like, really yeah. skilled players? How well, do you yeah, get people make, The separate? bunkers are true hazards in that way. And, like, I know people get confused with the word shot value a lot. Like, the shot value out here is enormous, basically. Oh, for sure. yeah. And, and I, what I mean by that is, like, you hit the good shots, you make a birdie. If you're marginally off, you're making bogey or double. Like, the, the value in a great shot is enormous at the concession, which I I love seeing that kind of golf. I, I hate a lot of PGA Tour courses... A marginal shot will mean they you get just away make, with you it. make par. Yeah, like you just make par, and that is not the or case. Or you go out a flag and you yes. don't pull it off. No, there's no punishment for it's it. It's like yeah, cool. Like you should be making bogey or double for that, and you're and you're coming out with you're coming away with an easy, easy up and down. Yep. You know, where I think I think my issue with Jack on a course like this is just the aesthetics, right? Of, of you know, like it uses a bunch of contractors, and it just doesn't really have a. Like that little tongue that Morikawa was on at the very end, there where it's like, what's like, yeah. what is that, right? Like, what's <laughs> you know, it's just, it just looks so fucking unnatural. It's not a ten out of ten, but like it works for me. It, if I, if I just the way it, it's, I think it works strategically. What I'm yeah. saying is like aesthetically, it's like, yeah. oh fuck this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think both points are fair. Yeah. yeah. All right, this I love this one from OG Cho. Why doesn't Payne Stewart's concession to Montgomery at Brookline get the same publicity? Such a slap in the face to Payne and his legacy. It should. A hundred percent. That you're like absolutely an, right, Joe. It was like an eight footer, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a, a like obnoxiously long putt that Payne's like, no, no, like we've already won. I don't care about this match. Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead ignorance here. J- just like most of the tour pros did this oh week when asked about the concession. I don't recall this one. Ninety nine. At, at Brookline, Monty's just getting berated. Like, it, his dad had to go back inside, like, would not follow the match anymore. And after Justin Leonard made the putt and Olafable had missed and the U.S. had clinched, Monty and Payne Stewart keep going in their match. And Monty... Which never makes sense to me, right? It doesn't, but, like, it happens in every Ryder Cup. And Monty's Ryder Cup singles record is the thing he, like, prizes the most. And it eventually got to the point... Something happened on the final green. I don't know exactly what it was. And Monty's getting ready to putt his putt. And Payne Stewart's like, just pick it up. You're good. Like, it's over. You know, I forget if they, they have the match, I think, or whatever it was. But, like, way longer putt than Jack conceded to Tony Jacklin. I mean, it was it was a very different situation. That's so. the whole thing with, like, with Jack where should this golf course exist? Yeah, there was a market for it. And 
a development or a an owner. He's one yeah, owner. Yeah, an owner like wanted to build this golf course, and sure enough, yeah, absolutely. But like, do we need to call it the concession and have this whole hand job for these? You know, <laughs> at what point is celebrating your great sportsmanship like also really bad sportsmanship? Unsportsmanlike. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's like <laughs> that's a really good point. And man. then at the opening of the course, <laughs> this is from amazing. a couple people. Jack makes this huge deal of it and he says, all right, you know, I gave you a big concession, Tony. I want you to make a concession. I want you to play the, play the blue tees today. I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the back tees. And he just eviscerated him, I guess, that day. Jack went further back yeah. and beat. Yeah. Like what a dick. <laughs> and like, you know, and Jacqueline was like, it, it's so outside the spirit of what the place was supposed to be about. And Jack couldn't get out of his own way. TC. That, I mean, that story, that's a tough scene for Jack if it's... Like, he's a bad businessman. He's arrogant. He's always talking about himself. Anytime he... Like, we got Honda in two weeks. Oh. Listen to Jack talk about himself and his ice cream and Barbara and all this stuff for two hours in the booth. Barbara, they're talking about your birthday on, on the air. Uh, I can't believe he didn't call in. I thought for sure we oh, were going to see him at yeah. some point. But yeah, the whole... I mean, just jamming the concession thing down our throat, I think, was uh, easy easy to roll your eyes at. But that shouldn't come as a surprise. All right, on to the LPGA Tour. Nellie Corda wins the Gamebridge LPGA at Lake Nona. She be, uh, the Corda sisters become the first pair of sisters to win back-to-back events since Annika and Charlotta Sorenstam in 2000. First, I'm hearing this. I don't remember that. First of all, I didn't like think that that was a thing, that sisters would win back-to-back events on, on the LPGA Tour. That's truly magnificent. But uh, big step for Nellie. That's a big win. That's a really good field this week. Is her first win on, on U.S. soil? U.S. soil, right? Her fourth win or fifth win now? It's her f- Fourth. Fourth win. Yeah. Um, She's only 22. If we're talking about things, all right, Colin Wakawa has four wins. Four wins, and he's 24. Nelly's 22, and granted, she's been out there for longer, but... That 22 is older on the LPGA Tour than... Correct. 24 is, I would say. Yeah, Just she, in, this was her uh, This was her fourth win. Yeah, she won the... She won two Taiwan Swinging Skirts Championships, the, the Women's Australian Open, and then this one. Uh, I was out there for a couple of days this week, and it remains one of the f- a few golf swings that I will just like stop what I'm doing to watch. Like I think it is the model golf swing for somebody that wants to hit the ball better. Like that's how you'd want to hit it, and just watching her hit the same cut three wood or five wood, or whatever it was on the range, like on repeat, it was just it was relentless, and it was it was jaw not jaw dropping, but it was truly awe inspiring. She's got the like ladies' version of Rory's swing. I think long, rhythmic, effortless, totally free. I, I, I lets her hands go. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few people on the planet, other than other than kids, that lets their let their hands go. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, she was fourth in the world heading into this week. I don't know what this will will do for her in terms of ranking, but man, what a start to uh, to the season for for those those two women. How was Lake Nona? Lake Nono is pure. It is the it is maybe taking over the overseed capital of the world from TPC Sawgrass. It is overseed everywhere. It, I mean, it's a foss. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect it to be, I think. But it was in literally perfect condition, I would say. And the the women were just absolutely raving about it. I mean, that that's a premier, premier golf course to play on the LPGA Tour. And they were yeah. stoked to be there. And it's kind of a cool... I mean, obviously, like, extremely, extremely wealthy environment, but, like, a weird kind of European vibe to the neighborhood and kind of friendly feel to it. And I, I followed 36 Holes with uh, 
We're working on a on a video about with uh, Madeline Sagstrom that there'll be more about here in the future. But Madeline was paired with Annika Sorenstam for the first two days, and like the whole not the whole neighborhood, but like all of Annika's friends were out following her and cheering her on. It was kind of like a, I mean, they probably I don't know they know her as probably the neighbor more than they do the golfer. I mean, she hasn't played a professional golf event in thirteen years, and it was kind of a cool vibe of just like her friends. She's in there talking to her friends in between shots, like just a real local vibe to it more than it was like a pressure packed tournament and. I don't know. It was cool to see. It's cool to see, like legitimately great, legitimate greatness. I know the last time we talked about Annika on the pod, it was under very different circumstances, and not to ignore that completely. But if we can't ignore that for a second, it is like watching her play golf without very clearly not having near the same strength that she had in the past, not the same driving distance. Like she's Madeline's hitting it sixty yards past her. Uh, she's fifty years old, and just watching her like hit, just like almost head high wedges at pins, and having. Madeline, who's one of the top 50 players in the world, like stop her after the round, like teach me your wedges. Like I need to learn how to hit them like that. And watching her hit range shots, repeatable, 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 repeatable wedge action. It was super cool to see. She chipped in on the her 35th hole uh, and then parred the last hole to make the cut on the number. And it was on, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, power rank Isleworth and Lake Nona for me. That's interesting. I, I think Lake Nona might be a little more interesting. It's close. It's a very close call. They're they're pretty inseparable. But one A, one B. I think I haven't got to play like Nona. But uh, shout out to the Tavistock group. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Neil, I know you're a big fan. Big fan. Polter, saw Poulter's house. Huge. There's it's yeah. Saw Henrik Stenson was out there practicing. You see Poulter's kind of, cars? I did not see Poulter's cars. He was down in Puerto Rico actually. So okay. Um, I, he had the, he had the Ferraris in the car. That'd be great but. if he was just revving his engine. Also worth noting, our friends at Callaway, 33 epic drivers were in play this week on the LPGA Tour. Uh, they were the undisputed equipment leader at the first full-field LPGA event of 2021. 33 of the new epic drivers in play, making it the number one model in the field by far. Uh, there are more epic drivers at the event than there were total drivers for any other brand. The number one fairway wood, number one iron at the event, and Odyssey has more putters in play than the number two and three brands combined. They are dominating out in the LPGA How Tour. about that? Neil, you liked it. your... Uh... Your new Epic Flash 3-wood, I think. I did. I was hitting it. I went to the range with TC. and uh, Epic Speed, right? Epic, epic oh, Speed 3-wood. Oh <laughs> How and dare you? I, that's like that's like saying they're chasing the money when I, on the PJ Tour when it's really about the FedEx Cup points. Come on. No, I felt like I have a tough time with 3-woods. It, it's kind of a two-way miss, spinning ball. But I felt like I could really uh, almost let my hands go a little bit with this one. It feels uh, scary. Yeah, it feels really good. So we did get a question from Ellis Webb eighty six. Any word for the awful parentheses lack of coverage the LPGA received this week? Yeah, uh, you know we're we're taking it up with uh, Big Flask <laughs> at Diamond Resorts and your aunt Molly. It, I, I I wonder this uh, this week maybe question like why was NBC why do they need to have three events in the same weekend like. How did that happen? Yeah. We have Puerto Rico, we have WGC, and we have Gamebridge. We have a time of the year where you can't really st- like you can't be on different you know parts of the the daylight windows and whatnot to kind of squeeze it in. So you can only watch the Golf Channel stuff streaming if you're streaming online. Had you know some words from some Canadians and Europeans that were unable to watch it and whatnot. Uh, a bit frustrating. It just sucks when you have that good of a leaderboard. And I know, you can't, and you can't watch the tournament live. And that's just where, like, I just, I just wonder about LPGA coverage of, like, you know, how do you, how do you differentiate this to make it, you know, a priority for people to watch, and like having it streaming online while, you know, yeah, I don't understand, like, with ESPN Plus taking over next year, like, it just seems like a easy win to 
to have the street like why wouldn't you be streaming it they're they're probably going to be looking for content right like you no, paid they all were this- streaming it but it was like asking people to stream it while other pj wow. tour yeah, golf okay. is on yeah. is very difficult and the, the replay i assume the replay is on tonight but you could yeah. not turn your tv on and watch the live golf today which is frustrating for a tour that's been off for a month now um and coming yeah. back and that's not good business either like it's not it's not it's not profitable to stream a tournament like get it on live tv because that's how you're going to pay for right for having a crew out there and everything i to me it feels like the the and and, and i know this is beggars can't be choosers kind of thing with the lpga they made unbelievable strides the last few years as far as their schedule goes but and me, the 2021 tv schedule is the most robust they've ever had yeah so yeah this but, is not indicative of things to come no and it, you know it, it seems like they're making significant progress but as soon as the as the pga tour leaves the West Coast kind of feels like OPGA Tour needs to get there ASAP, right? Because they've they've got tournaments. They've got a tournament at Aviara in Carlsbad. They've got the the ANA out in Palm Springs. They've got one in Hawaii in April. Uh, they've got one at, uh, I believe, Wilshire um, out in late April. And then they've got another one in at Lake Merced in early to mid-June. So... Kind of like yo, like why why don't you stack these events right after you know while the weather's still shitty, people will people will watch primetime golf on the East Coast and then ma- in yeah. many of your major markets here. That goes back to what Mike Juan said. They're better off like catching people flipping between channels to the LPGA Tour than yeah. being in their own window, which was surprising to me. And um, I didn't I didn't like hearing that. I would have rather thought that I would have thought that they would do better. I'd say that definitely rings true when there's one PGA Tour event. It's just a tough time when there's you know an opposite field event. Yeah. So, uh, the LPGA would be, I guess, smart to avoid those weeks. You know, well, especially if you're gonna, like you said, come back after four weeks off on that that weekend. That's tough. Which is, I mean, who knows when like Nona was available, and you just sure. I'm sure it's, it's just it's, a it's memory guess. Listen, it is memory we don't we did, and we also don't don't know how TV contracts work. So we have to keep that in mind. Got to think, of and we don't know what hard cameras are. So always, we have to keep that in mind as well. Always think of the contracts. Want to do a quick uh, BMW? A shout out to our global partner BMW, who is also a global partner of the Ryder Cup. First of all, I want to say how awesome it is. They just basically seed their ad time and just tell us to talk about the Ryder Cup, which is damn awesome. And we're going to do that right now. Uh, I was hoping the rankings would be updated um, by the time we got here, but it doesn't look like they are. Scotty Scheffler was twenty first in the rankings uh, coming into today. I'm assuming he got a huge boost from that. Is Scotty is Scotty Scheffler a Ryder Cupper this year? Yes. I mean, he's long. He like even if he's not a. All right, Sally, refresh me on how many captains picks the U.S. has. Six captains picks, six automatic qualifiers. So if if you're if you're Steve Stricker and you don't pick Scotty Scheffler, like you're fucking dead to me. <laughs> like that's not even remotely in question. I mean, he's he's long. He's an unbelievable iron player. I don't know. But just, okay, so but he, if he has he hasn't won yet, right? Yeah. So let's say he has he doesn't win by the time he does he continues to play really well, doesn't win a tournament between now and the you know end of July. He was what? in a little early season funk. He missed the cut at Torrey and he missed the cut in the desert. He had T seven at Phoenix, T twenty at the Genesis, and then great week this week. He had second. He was second at the. Tour championship as far as the the gross scores, and then uh, T four at the Northern Trust, T four at PGA Championship. Like he's big boy golf courses. 
And to the hasn't won a tournament thing, I, I just I've never seen the correlation between great Ryder Cupper and ability to close out tournaments. If you are constantly beating a lot of the top players in the game, that makes you a great it's match a play player. In ranking, I right? don't need yeah. you to beat all of them. Sure. Right. I, I think that's just you know but wouldn't the tie like there's gotta be some guys ahead of them. Somebody let's let's say Patrick Reed ahead of them. If if it came down to those two right now, I'd probably take Patrick Reed. I would not. For all the well, off-course I, reasons. I know the off-course reasons, but I'm just saying like yeah. a guy with more experience, Ryder Cup experience, Patrick Reed's probably a bad example just because of the yeah. but, uh, I mean, look at, personality. But Look at Finau, right? Finau, he's won one time. He's an absolute dog in, in France. I just think uh, as a captain, I don't know. If you're making the safe pick, you're probably picking a guy that's won over a guy that has not won. I'm just I logically I'm making the argument. I think that's logic that has been used. I think it's yeah. very flawed logic. Okay, I, I which think, I I'm here for that argument. Yeah. but I would say, does he make the my my point is does Steve Stricker pick him for the Ryder Cup team if if it was today? I'd say no. I definitely don't think he does. Hmm. That's interesting. But I don't think he does. Like you guys are making yeah. a good argument that that he you know he could and it would be a good pick, but I don't think that he's going to think that far outside the box. All right, so go down the like go down the current. So I'm I'm assuming that Morikawa is going to jump into the top six. So the top six is going to be DJ Bryson, Brooks, Xander, and Morikawa. Okay. Now that leaves out Finau, Reed, Berger, Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, Harris English, Wolf, Homa, Kisner, Woodland, Palmer, Na, Kokrak, Spieth, Scheffler, Horschel, Streelman. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's there a, was a lot of names on that list to jump out at me. Before Smoke and Scotty, and I like his game. I just think that there's a lot of which is why Reed's not on my team. That's like, okay. So that's fair. Reed was a bad. That was a bad no, no. I think it's. I think he will get picked. But yeah. like, why with all of that talent? Why would you introduce a and, huge and variable? why with all that talent and all those wins and dudes that are winning now and playing really well, like a guy like Berger? Would you go with a guy that hasn't won and who's young and who like? It just feels like uh, I don't know. Feels like an unnecessary risk in a way for a for a captain to do that. That's just, the lo- that that's the logical I'm argument. I'm excited this year because it does there's not the veteran fluff at the top. The world-class young players have truly superseded the coochers. Yeah. I mean we're and we're not going to have Phil on this team. Yeah. And we're not going to have Tiger on this team. And Ricky. And I would take a miracle to have Ricky on this team. So like it opens up for a lot and there's going to be no coocher yeah. by all measures like I, I guess my question for you is do you take if it came down to a captain's pick do you take Webb? That I was at, just going to bring that up at Whistling Straits because it's yeah, not hundred percent. Okay. I think I take Webb for sure, even though you know we we used to shit on him for no <laughs> begging his way onto the yeah. team. Webb, I'm full. I was telling TC today, I'm full circle on Webb Simpson. He's a way better player now than he, he was is. in 2014. He is, and yeah. like God, he, I mean, uh, what, some what, of what it's was just I? venue dependent, though. It right? is. Yeah, that's he, why I'm asking this question. Great, I don't. Man. I don't mean to take anything nope, away from Webb. Nope. Webb is Webb transcends venues. I think he's so yeah. solid that like. He's not. He's not a short. Short. I mean, I know the numbers don't say he hits it very far, but like that dude competes on so many different kinds of golf courses. And there's certain ones that's been. He's a dog. He's a total dog. He, you know what, Webb? Webb I was, can play on my team. I was any thinking day. about it. Webb strikes me as a, a a dad. Definitely, you know, mega dad energy, but a dad that grinded as like a traveling consultant for years and years. <laughs> finally, opened up his own shop and just decided, like, man, this newfound freedom working for myself. I'm gonna grow this harsh goatee. I've always wanted to grow this, but he's still got like the sunscreen, like. <laughs> You can't take the dad out of him, but you know, like he, I just got to get a kick out of Webb and he just, he's, I don't know. He's, I, I just have come to fully respect his game and uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out for that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I think is going to make a sneaky Ryder Cup run, Bubba. 
Hmm. I think Bubba's going to be... He's 26 great, right now. It's a great venue for him. He seems to be heating up a little bit. Again, a variable yeah, that I don't need on this team. Yeah, there's sure. so just many... Totally there's just so many like names that jump out at me that you just read off that it's like what like yeah I don't need Bubba. You know, if I'm Stricker, I'm like I don't I don't need that. That's not that's not necessary. All right, as the as the Euro guy, you know, we got Hatton, Fleetwood, Rom, McElroy, Perez, and Wiesberger. It's top six on the European points side. Mm-hmm. Rom, Hatton, McElroy, Fleetwood, Perez. Casey Fitzpatrick, Casey Hovland. Fitzpatrick, Hovland. Europe, every time, I feel like they have really eight really good players, and they shape up really, it's really well. It's going to be interesting, though. Like You've got Rose on the outside looking in. You've got Big Bob McIntyre, who was one of my captain's picks when we did our, our draft you know, back during COVID. That was about a year ago, yeah. yeah. you got Sergio, Matthias Schwab. Peters is someone you, like, you want him to play well because that should be a perfect golf course for him. Stenson, too. So. Um, they, they, got a lot of, they got a lot of options there as well and the, the the betting line is it's pretty close the u.s is favored but not by a lot and i i can't wait i almost i almost like kind of have been forgetting that the Ryder cup is this really year. coming yeah. back in a big way this year i want so. there to be really shitty weather i'm excited man there i've never like to i've never been i'm i can't wait to get up there that's it's, gonna be awesome man it's the the 2016 Ryder cup is the best sporting event i've ever attended and i haven't spent a lot of time in the upper midwest either and i'm, I'm psyched to be there in the summer people that appreciate the summer weather well it's bummer for you the Ryder cup's in late september well okay that's fair sorry <laughs> i jumped the gun on that Shout out to BMW for uh, being a great partner and for being a partner of the Ryder Cup. Uh, anything else from Puerto Rico? We kind of uh, talked talked a little bit of Puerto Rico, but anything else to add from that? Just Brandon Grace, man. That was that was really really cool to see nails down the stretch. Yeah, Grace and Murray pull hook on eighteen. Hate that. Uh, Brand- <laughs> Brandon Wu, kind of forgotten man there at the end, but good week for him. He seems to be putting some stuff together. Gosh, who else? We we uh, Rafael Campos. Uh, hometown guy, great. I think he had a top top five finish there. Was kind of sniffing around, and uh, yeah, overall, I don't know, just Puerto Rico week, man. Like I wish I could have bet on it like crazy. You guys, you guys hemmed me in with the Martin Trainer act. Martin Trainer had a had a tough. You know that'd be a tournament I'd like week. to go to. Really? Yeah. Just, I've never been to Puerto Rico. Number one, and we. I feel like with the curse of the Puerto Rico Open, and we talk about it a lot, and it just feels like like watching the. You know, they had some fans out there. It looks like a jolly, like a jolly event down there. And they had, they I'd, like to, so I'd many, like to check it out. They had so many sponsor exemptions. They couldn't even like they couldn't fill fill the field with like regular well, humans. One other thing I'd say, I it shocked me that Brandon Grace is only thirty two. Like I'm thirty one. He seems so much older than me, but he's not. He just feels like he's been around forever. Like I almost put him in the, uh, I don't know, definitely not like Westwood category, but like older. It just feels older to me. Uh, what about, does that? Do you guys agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, I want to shout out Jason, the Bone Zone. He made the cut this yeah. week. That was great to he see. He was T fourteen at one point on yeah. Friday. Um, yeah, great. I mean, Grace, like playing a not to sound like a dick, but like playing an event like Puerto Rico feels like it's kind of below him, right? Right, like it's he's a step down. Yeah. World class ball striker. You know, struggles with his putting from time to time, but but one of those guys you expect to be playing in a WGC. Like he's the quintessential guy that's not manipulating in a WGC deserves to be there steps up plays there where I know I know you were oh yeah 
You were. We didn't talk manipulation this week at all, but Brendan Porat does this for every WGC. He takes a screenshot at the bottom of the leaderboard, yeah. just the United Nations that is yeah. the bottom of that leaderboard. This this golf course exposed some people. Um, I mean, I say that D, DJ finished T54, but yeah, the bottom of this leaderboard, there was five or six guys in this field I'd never heard of before. Which, yeah, that, that's kind of jarring. <laughs> I mean, TC, have you heard of Danny Van Tonder? No, that was going to be the number one name off my list. Danny Van Tonder, not, nothing against the South Africans at all. Danny Van Tonder and JC Ritchie. Had never heard of, of either also, of those guys. Also, you know, sources are definitely telling us that Harris English is no longer flushing the ball. Tough, tough week for the big guy. 80 today. For, he, he, he bookended it 78, 69, 71, 80. That's tough. Hate that for Randy. Yeah. Had you heard of Trevor Simsby? That's a new one. He had an me. ace this week, right? He did have an ace. And his, this was his first like pro tournament, wasn't it? No, no, like, first PJ Tour event. He, okay, sorry. No, that's stupid. <laughs> God, the the, uh, the uh, British I, I rushed scribes. that out of my mouth. I'm going to get flamed for that. <laughs> the British scribes are going to get all God, over you I know. Come at me. Damn it. Uh, but notice how NBC catches an early round weekend ace that happens and has yeah. video of it. And when it happens when, uh, what? who did it? Scott Harrington did it CBS week. They don't they don't get the cameras out early enough, and they don't even reference it on the broadcast. Uh, I think some it, of that might have to do too with there's only what seventy guys in the field this week. Yeah, and there's only there's not two waves. There's only one. But the, it was on the weekend. There's only seventy guys out there. That's true too. So. Okay, God, I'm, you know what? I'm trying to go to war for my no. guys at CBS now, man. Uh, listen, they've responded to everything else. Like get some cameras out there earlier on the weekends. I know I don't know what a hard camera is, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else I hadn't heard of on this. Brad Kennedy. Hadn't heard of you yet. Um, Haven't heard of you, bud. You got to work harder. <laughs> we did have a 33-shot gap between first place and last place. You're giving, so. you're giving some dudes some bulletin board material. Dude, take it. Come on. That's, I haven't heard of you. Sorry. That's what the money's for. Hey, You've got $32,000 to show up this week. Props I don't to, feel bad. Props to Simsby, though. Finished ahead of Xander, Leash, Kisner, Woodland, Mackenzie Hughes, I, I would. I would like – that's a good point. I think there should be – even though it's a no-cut event – it should be the last place guy does not get any money. <laughs> Just like you can't come and it can't be everybody gets a trophy, right? There has to be some downside. And I think that might help. That might definitely generate some of the like no juice, right? Where it's like, oh, like, you know, there's just no downside out there. Like they're going to get paid. Yeah. They want to make more money. They want to, they want to win, you know, but yeah, just make it so that like, at least symbolically, like, yeah, if you come in last, you're not going to get yeah. paid. I feel like this week had juice. I know Markel won by three. Like, if he's not in the equation, like, the three guys there are tied for second. Like, I think Morikawa made it a little sleepy coming down the stretch, but that that felt juicy to me. This has been a great stretch. But, but would you say, yeah. like, most of the time, some of the, the WGCs have a tough time with, with juice because they feel like they are this, like, similar to what we criticize the players for, trying to become the fifth major. Like, like this th event, it's like no. they're, they're, they're buying... Suspense, like the the money is so big that that is what that is what is going to generate the stakes. But this event delivers. It, match play, I agree with you. Match play yeah. feels sleepy. I mean, now what's St. Jude? What was Firestone? That was sleepy to me. And then HSBC. Yeah, I was. I agree too. with you that I enjoyed watching this tourney. But I'm just saying, WGCs. Like we're talking about them getting an identity. Yeah, it's like I think there's just when there's no downside, there's no cut or anything. It's just like a little. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking that, but the, the, this you know, the Mexico one and this spot in the calendar I think works really well. But when it's like midsummer and you go to Memphis yeah, and you yeah. go to Ohio and for that WGC, I mean that means like nothing to me. I just don't I don't get up for it. But I this do one, think I mean there's guys in there that don't play the U.S. tour often, if at all. Thomas Dietrich, Minwoo Lee, 
uh, Bazadenhout, Chan Kim, Van Royen. Like those guys, like T28, T32, T35, like those are big checks for them, right? Those are, that's an $80,000 check for sure finishing way down the board. But, you know, but, but playing against some, some top class competitors. Granted, yeah, there's plenty of guys on the bottom part of the leaderboard. I do think it's, it's worth noting, though, that a lot of these guys from the rest of the world fly in and are playing on a surface that it's tough. they don't play on a lot. Like there's, there's some factors contributing to why these guys don't tend to play well in here, too. But, but I think, but having some type of downside, like where, la- like let's just use last place doesn't get paid as an example. What players are going to sign off on this? I know, but wouldn't it be, I'm with you, wouldn't but- it be like, it'd be like relegation in like the Premier League of like the battle for the, or like Formula One of like, dude, I can't, you know, it, it would create trauma and like, oh, and, and so and so made a, a 20 footer. To make, you know, $40,000 this week. Congrats to him, you know? Like, I just think it would it'd be a nice little wrinkle. But it's about the FedEx Cup points. Come on. Of course. Of course. It's the International Federation of, P- of PGA Tours. What's this on? Which we learned today. The international folks aren't getting a lot of bang for their buck. I'm trying to see where the cutoff for FedEx Cup points for this event is. I think, I, got... I think everybody gets them except for, like, the bottom 10 to 12. Harris English finished 66th and got four points for it. So, that's cool. Which, four points is, like, you would have to win... Or you know, you would have to finish top five in like two or three web tour events to get four points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at you, get, you don't get FedEx Cup points for web. No, or points. sorry, <laughs> I was thinking OWGR yeah. points. Yeah, this is a, a giveaway. There's, I I do think I need to point out there's manipulation um, going on with OWGR. There yes. there is manipulation, but also the uh, PGA tour, the Puerto Rico was a manipulation sweepstakes this week because it was a strength uh, field of 28 and 24 points went to the winner. Much like European tour events that I call out often, I'm going to call it out when it happens on the PGA Tour, but it's because all the manipulators were at the uh, WGC. <laughs> so, but yes. That, Downstream, that was, downstream effects of the primary manipulation. That was exact. That's it. very, very well said. So anything else before we wrap it? That's it. I think the weather's, you know, golf weather around here in Florida. You know, it's been it's been so great. Sunburned. Yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to don't, get back get back. Don't to make us more punchable than we already are. All right. Yeah, if we're getting well, sunburned. The people did, up north are going. Oh my oh god. My god, TC, <laughs> wear some lotion, bro. I was out there for an hour. Mix in some aloe, dog. Come on, that's Crazy. tough. You've been here like four we, years. We now. went. TC yeah. and I went to the went to the pool with uh, with Freddie and Gus and and you you wore wags. I would I would put you in the no sunscreen category and would have thought. Older brother TC would have been. You know, a I, more I think protected. I just did a better job of staying under the umbrella. I didn't put sunscreen on, but I was I was aware that hey, listen, it'll sneak up on you. So, but yeah, let's uh, excited. What, so what's uh, what's next week? I thought you said I thought Honda was next week. No, we got Bay Hill, buddy. Bay Hills next week. Yeah. All right, cool. We uh, you want to model your what was the the commercial for Bay Hill? Is you know the guy that set the example for us both on and off the course, Arnold Palmer. Talk yeah, so. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean. Tiger, Tiger kind of got roasted for a lot of the same things that Arnie was doing, but that's a different conversation. Uh, different, different, different times. times. Yeah, different times. Come on. Different Come times. On. It's, the, and it's the Arnold Palmer Bay Hill Invitational presented by MasterCard. And Grupo Salinas. Yeah. So. Well, I hope, shout out to uh, Bay Hill last year. Thoroughly enjoyed watching Bay Hill last year uh, and how difficult the course played. I hope it's set up similar this year. That was th- mostly thanks to a ton of wind and cold. So, so I'm hoping it. Yeah, come- going back. Do you think that they? It's how I want the players to play. Do you think that they stepped off the gas pedal too much at, at concession? I don't. I think uh, 
any golf. I think the pins were a little soft today. They weren't as as treacherous as they were Saturday, but I think they thought they were going to get a little more wind than they got today. You know, any par 72 golf course with no wind, tour pros are going to shoot very low numbers. Um, it's just That's just a fact. The, the par doesn't really matter to them. They're getting to the par fives and two. And uh, so I think they could have had a little more teeth with the with some of the pins, but like I promise you that every single guy walking off that golf course would tell you it's a very difficult golf course. So I, I think it they they flirted. It was the right kind of punishment. It was you can make birdie if you go at these pins, which encouraged people to go at them, and it gave us the double bogeys. Otherwise, if you set it up any tougher than that, you're going to end up with a lot of really safe, boring shots and a lot of two putt pars, which I don't think is great competition. Yeah. So. Real quick, so Bay Hill forecast you got. Looks like it's going to dip down into the low 70s, high 60s. Um, looking at the long-term forecast here for the for the weekend, potentially some showers, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds all week. Hmm. So, all right, there's some hope for some 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 conditties there. I also want to give a shout out to. I hope everybody plays well in the concession member guests. That's right. Yeah, we're thinking of everyone down there, and can't wait to see, can't, <laughs> can't wait to see what happens out there. The greens are going to get really spicy this weekend. So, somebody, somebody, let us know what they're stimping at on Thursday. <laughs> oh, last thing. So somebody told me I was I was doing a little digging on the on the Gary Player, uh, the King and the Bear and the Black Knight uh, and the Slammer and the Squire commercial. That clip was recorded like 16, 17, 18 years ago. Oh my They've god! They've gotten more mileage out of that, uh, out of that TV spot than anything in the history of television. And any one of these days, they're going to book that first trip. They're yeah. going to get that first <laughs> sale. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, have a great week, and we will see you back here next week. Cheers. Rock on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.